What is Cafe Mocha? Cafe Mocha is experts, celebrities. What's up? This is Belbid DeVoe. You're truly Idris Elba. This is Fantasia. This, this is Invo. This is India Ari. So much more. All from a woman's perspective. What flavor are you, baby? This is Cafe Mocha. It's radio from a woman's perspective with Lonnie Love, Yo-Yo, and I'm Angelique. White House correspondent April D. Ryan is here to talk politics and her latest drama at the White House on the line, April D. Ryan, White House correspondent. Hi, April. Hello. Hello, all of you. Hello. <laughs> well, you know, first of all, let's, okay. Right. It's you, a lot. You, you, it's been a lot happening with you, April. You got married, so congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. That was, it feels like so long ago. <laughs> How long has it been? It's only been a little bit more than a month, but my goodness, we go from Great, wonderful times to drama. Oh my gosh! But the wedding, we're gonna. <laughs> the wedding was great. It, <laughs> it, it, you went off without a hitch. You're a married woman now. I'm married now. I had such a good time. It was. It was a celebration. It was a celebration of love, and I was just so thankful. So you know, it, it doesn't always happen, you know. And when it does, you know, you celebrate whether you're married or you choose not to be married. You just be together. Just celebrate it. You know. Did but you cry? I, no, did my cry husband did. My children did. I didn't. Oh. <laughs> you, you know, can I, I say did. that People yeah. Magazine picked yeah. it up. You were a beautiful bride. You had this wonderful headpiece. Um, you had some uh, some pretty high-powered guests. Who were some of your guests? The most wonderful Valerie Jarrett, best friend of the Obamas, who gave a handwritten note from the president who said, in the note it says, April, I hear you're getting married. I said, oh, my God. <laughs> and um, dear friend Erica Lowe of the White House, of the Biden White House, who also offered uh, a note from the president, which was very nice. Um, Ronnie DeVoe of New Edition BBD. You know I'm an any for lifer. <laughs> and mm-hmm. just love me some Ronnie. Our friend John Murray, executive producer for the Sherry Shepherd Show. Yes. Shirley Ralph, our solo Lonnie. Mm-hmm. Um, and we even they did the sweetheart song, and she said, "I'm not singing the solo." But they it was so wonderful. Shirley <laughs> Ralph was there, uh, <laughs> and oh, we had some housewives. We had Giselle and Sharice. I actually went to school with Sharice at Morgan State. Sharice oh. um, Jordan, yes, we were actually in school at the same time together, and we're friends. And I know Giselle very well because she was in Baltimore when she was married to Pastor Jamal Bryant. We had a whole host of Jonathan Capehart was there. I can't go through the list. We had oh the governor was there. See, I'm forgetting people. <laughs> but it was, like, it was I had family, I had friends, I had my kids. You know, I had the rain. It was wonderful. <laughs> you know, that's what it's supposed to be—a celebration of love. And you know, the thing is, is that um, you know, a lot of women feel like you know, they can't find love as they mature, but you were able to do that. And how does it feel to be an example for women that, hey, love comes in all, you know, decades? I'm going to say this, Lonnie. I mean, you know, I'm going to say this. You are a wonderful example of, hey, you know, just be open to to, to love, be open. Mm-hmm. And I never expected it was going to come to me. You know, I'm in, I'm 17 plus, 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 plus. <laughs> and <laughs> I never, I never, you know, I said, oh, I'm done. I'm still raising my kids. And, you know, I just, I really gave up. And when you're not looking, that's when they're looking, right? Because when mm-hmm. y'all, I want, to, I want something, I want something, right. you know, and they're like, they run. But when they see that you're easy, like, hey, how you doing? And it wasn't so easy because he was like, I want to get married. I'm like, I don't. 
And, you know, mm-hmm. and I said, you know, I'm going to get married because I don't want to lose him because I said he is such a, he's that much of a wonderful person. Oh. Um, and my life is crazy. My, I've got kids, one in college, and I'm back and forth taking one to school and doing homework and got a crazy job, you know, just, and I was like, I, I just don't have the capacity. He's like, I will get in there and I will work with you. I was like, what? Mm. I mean, I've been doing it so long by myself, but I said, what? Mm-hmm. Work with me? I said, okay. And he's been knocking them down, working with me. He's been knocking everything out the way. I'm working with you. We're doing this together. And it's been, you know, it's been good. It's been very good. This is a, a great example. This mm-hmm. is what I say about having being a great example that you don't have to go through life alone and it doesn't matter when or how. Yeah, I mean, I, I just love love. I mean, at the age when you've paid attention to your career, like all of us for so long, I think you come to an age where you really have put your career before your family and then now you want to pay your family attention and then you're thinking oh god I really don't give a damn about love but you really want love to find you so when I saw the pictures from your wedding I was so excited because it just shows all women who have worked hard since we were 17 years old up until yeah. where we are now where we have done Pre- all since the we were 17 we years old come on yeah, come and, and now, you know, but I think it's beautiful because we have strong, beautiful women out there. And there's a lot of women who think that, hey, listen, I might have missed my mark. What do you have to say to those women? Look, I'm going to tell you something. I have a cousin. Um, she's beautiful. She's wise in years. And she never got married until she was in her 50s. She got married twice. I'm not saying do it like 5,000 times. <laughs> but she got married twice. I said, wait a minute. How's she finding men? I can't find one. First guy, you know, they loved each other. It didn't work out. But the second guy, that was her soulmate. Um, and she was in her 50s. And I said, wow. And it happens. There are people out there who have been through life doing whatever, maybe working, like you said, starting out miss their, at 17. And I was, you know, I've worked all my life. You know, I'm mm-hmm. like that go-getter too, like you are. But, and I worked and worked. And I wanted to hone my craft. And I put, when did I get married? I got married think in my 30s like sometime in my early 30s and then it didn't work but here's my thing and this is what I say to all the ladies we don't have to put on those tight dresses all the time and do the shimmy 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 look cute right Mm -hmm. but if a man wants you if somebody really wants you not just a man if somebody really wants you you will know it and they will show you And and he kept coming and he kept and he didn't stop and he would call me in the morning. Good morning, sunshine. He would text me all the time. I'm like, who are you? Where did you call? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And it, and I was started, and you know, and I knew I was smitten. I started singing Michael Jackson. Gotta be well, the Jackson Five. Be there in the morning. Okay. I like, yes. I Let like, Michael <laughs> continue to sing it. No, yeah. I, I know, I know. Stop lying. Look. <laughs> okay, April. Uh oh. What's been uh-huh. going on? I, I heard you Style ask a question. Seen it. Yes. I tell, let everybody know. Let the, let the viewers wait, know. Wait, wait, wait. April, did you hand away Lonnie's side? She can't wait. <laughs> I know. It's like, it's it's so out of, it's otherworldly. It's crazy, right? Yeah. Well, so, tell, tell us what the issue. So over the holiday weekend, I came back from New York, having a great time um, Sunday. And um, I reached out to somebody I've known for a long time, for decades, actually, since I was in college. Like you guys have said, since 17, I've been working. And I met this person 
um, for Martin Luther King Jr. holiday celebration at Morgan State University, my alma mater, and Rosa Parks was there. And the keynote speaker who I'm talking about happened to be Stevie Wonder. I met him in the 1980s when I was in college as a sophomore, and I emceed this program. So over the decades, I've, you know, I've known Stevie for a long time. So I hadn't talked to Stevie in a while, and I just wanted to wish him, you know, salutations and happy holiday. And we talked and talked and talked. My phone died. We called back and we talked some more. I was like, oh, shoot, how, does I, how do I let my phone die? And I'm on the phone with Stevie Wonder. <laughs> but we talked. You know, <laughs> yes, backup batteries, please. That's the Christmas gift for me. But no, we kept talking and we kept talking and we talked about politics. We talked about the political landscape. And he was very passionate. Now, you have to remember, when you hear Stevie Wonder talk about his passion, you take pause because this man is not just a musical genius, but he's a civil rights icon. And I think this is what people don't realize. We sing the song Happy Birthday from the Hotter Than July album, but do you really understand what what it's about? He, when other people never believed, he was pushing for a holiday for the nation's nonviolent peaceful marching Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Mm. He was the one pushing what some of the family even didn't believe, right? But he kept going and kept going. And he got that King holiday after being on Capitol Hill, going to the White House, even with Ronald Reagan. Now, it really, the way I understand it, even started kind of with Jimmy Carter. But with Ronald Reagan, that's when it happened. So understanding that's who I was talking to. Also understanding that this man has, marched and been jailed and all sorts of stuff for the anti-apartheid movement. People don't remember apartheid. I remember mm-hmm. apartheid in South Africa. Mm-hmm. So this is a civil rights icon, right? When we think about civil rights, do we realize that Harry Belafonte, Eartha Kitt, mm-hmm. Billie Holiday, so many, so many entertainers funded the rights movement, right? So many entertainers helped support when they didn't have the kind of support that they needed. So that's the prism that I was looking at Stevie Wonder in, right, of reverence. Now, I get in the briefing room on Monday, ask Corrine Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, Corrine, then some of my colleagues, I said, you know, I had an in-depth conversation with Stevie Wonder. Some of my colleagues in the front row started laughing. I'm like, oh, okay, that's how mm-hmm. you want to play it. I said, this is a serious question. Again, Corrine, I asked it twice. I, and I said, this is a serious question. They, they shut down because they know what I'm not happy. And here I am, one of the deans of the press corps, the longest serving black woman ever to cover that White House, 26 years and counting. So I'm asking the question. So with that laughter, of course, the, the conservatives started saying, wait a minute, oh, mm-hmm. they laughing. Oh, my gosh, everybody lost their mind. Um, from Daily Caller, that's Tucker Carlson, to Fox News, to uh, Mediaite, to uh, Newsbusters, wrote the question, talking about, I asked the stupid, stupidest question ever, and it'll make you cross your eyes. And that's for people who don't care about what? The black agenda. Uh-huh. I asked in that briefing room. Kareem, is the president amenable to meeting with Stevie Wonder, who um, is concerned about black, the black agenda going along the wayside? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She never said yes. She never said no. Because actually, she doesn't have that authority. It's the president and those around him who have that authority to make the decision. So all hell breaks loose. Then I asked the worst question. But indeed, it was not. It was a very thoughtful question. Now, Lonnie, now you've been up at the White House, but remember, all of you have been at the White House, but listen, you remember 
and the last president, I'm not saying his name, but nobody was laughing or questioning Kid Rock, Kim Kardashian, mm-hmm. uh, or mm-hmm. Jim Brown coming. Why is it a problem now? Because people don't want to talk about the rollback and the black agenda. That's why. Mm-hmm. So, and that's why again, we have you on, because we want to talk about what were some of the things that you and Mr. Wonder were talking about that are concerning. Uh, yeah. So one, the issue in the Congo, you know, the, D, the DNI, uh, Director of National Intelligence, um, someone from that agency, uh, National Security, the State Department all went down to the DRC, the Democratic Republic of the Congo and Rwanda to try to quell the violence there. This is one of the worst humanitarian crises, crises and we're not hearing about it. Mm-hmm. We've got Ukraine, we've got Israel and Hamas. But this is also happening, and we're not hearing about it. And they're sending people. That was one of the issues that he was talking about. One of the main issues, he was very upset with this, this further gutting of the Voting Rights Act of 1965. We are voting without the full protections of the Voting Rights Act. In the Eighth Circuit Court in Arkansas, where they're saying now that the only people who can bring voting rights charges or voting rights or, or challenges to voting rights um, saying there's a challenge to the voting rights, our people are the state attorney generals. Now, now hear me on this. Mm-hmm. That means that civil rights groups can't do that. No one else can do it, but it's only the state attorney generals. Now, here's the problem. Here is the problem. The devil is in the detail. If you're in a red state, many of these red states don't care about voting rights. They're actually working to suppress and oppress the, the black and brown vote. So you're not going to get a challenge. You're not going to have people being heard. It's going to go along the wayside. He's also concerned about affirmative action, the most recent Supreme Court decision that is challenging affirmative action in these private um, institutions. Those are some of the issues to include the issue of, you know, this, this concern by the Trump camp and the Biden camp about black men. So there's a whole host. He's very concerned about so many issues. And he felt, and he's met with presidents for, for decades. He felt it was time to sit down and talk to President Biden about the black agenda because he is very concerned that a lot of black people are upset and they may not vote. It's Cafe Mocha on the line. April D. Ryan, White House correspondent for the GRIO. We're talking about her question to the White House um, from. Stevie Wonder, who is uh, not only a musician, but an activist concerning the Black agenda. April, this is this is what I see. When I heard the laughter, it comes from ignorance of people. Ignorance. That... That's exactly. right. Honey. If you are laughing at that, you don't care about the, are you reporting on the Black agenda or it doesn't mean anything to you? That's one. And number two, they we have to learn their history, their news. But they don't take the time to learn that Stevie Wonder is just as impressive as Bono. Would they laugh about Bono? I mm-hmm. talked about him. If I said Bono, would it be the same thing? No. You, you know what I like to say, April, is that when I speak to the community and I go out in the community and I, you know, this uh, National College Resource Foundation tour that I'm on, I, I, I always mention the fact that the Black community, you know, 
Yo-Yo the rapper, you know, my kids didn't, you know, at, at a certain age, you don't want to call yourself a rapper anymore. So I started using the word entertainer. But the truth of the matter is the people who come out of our communities don't love us for our music. They love us for what we represent. Everybody's a star that comes out of the community. And you really become a star when you understand the politics of your community, the politics of your block, the politics of those yeah. that influence you. So that's, we've always been the co the community that I come out of. Everyone, whether you were a doctor or an artist, people looked up to you. So when you take that stance, which you said he's always done, it matters. And I'm glad to see more because you guys, they saw more of that in the, in the early days, more so than now. I mean, you know, why do you think that's so? Why don't you think more artists of today, such as our generation, is not standing up, such as Stevie Wonder? I'm I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that because I'm, I'm, let me give you two names. Okay. Fat Joe was just at the White House not long ago, a few months ago. He was on the Hill in D.C. and at the White House, and he was talking about health care for people who look like us, you know, mm -hmm. trying to get people health care. And Fat Joe um, has talked about his health issues and stuff, right? And mm -hmm. he's championing that. And I asked him, I said, Fat Joe, who are the politicians that you're looking to? He said, the ones that are in the street doing stuff. Right. He don't want to hear all this yam, 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 blah, blah, blah. He wants to see the actual work. I said, okay, I get it. You know, show me, not tell me, show me, you know, because there's a lot of talk. Then, and especially when you're coming from a community that's underserved, I get it. He doesn't want to see talk. He wants action because a lot of it has been talked during an election cycle. And people want action. And that's what I'm hearing all around the country. It's not just Stevie Wonder. It's not just some of these A-list celebrities. It mm -hmm. is people in the street, people in the barbershops and the beauty salons saying, I don't know. And when you hear that and you hear it in all circles, that's when you ask. And then there's another person. There's another person. And it's, it's on health again. Um, I'll be sure. The singer, Al B. Shore. Mm -hmm. Al B. Shore is dealing with health care. He's talking about transplants now, trying to make sure he's going to be on Capitol Hill next week, talking about, um, for three days he's going to be on, on the Hill. He's talking about trying to get lawmakers to make um, blood tests a part of Medicare to see, to test for um, the transplants to make sure you're not rejecting it or you're, everything is good. And currently it's not in Medicare. And he is saying that because he is a recipient of a transplant. Albie Shaw almost died last year. Yeah. And he received a transplant. So he's going public with this. He's been made the head of uh, the Transplant Equity Coalition in the National Action Network. But you have a lot of celebrities who are out here who are active. I think of Danny Glover. He was working with Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders, who pushed the Democratic Party to be more left, to talk about uh, uh, canceling student loans and things like that. The White House has been courting entertainers for a long time. You know, not just this White House, but so many White Houses. So to have this, Lonnie, I don't even know the word for it. For right. this mess that happened in the briefing room that day, I am very disappointed in my colleagues. I am very, and, I, and, and after, after I asked that question, I gave them the what for. I said, I've been here too long for you to ever do that. I don't know if they were giddy after the holiday or what, but 
that was just it was just ridiculous it was ridiculous but the thing is april it has sparked a conversation and so and god doesn't make any it. mistake exactly so but not only has it sparked a conversation though but i'm getting these crazy people going online i have to call the police and the fbi again that's ridiculous did you see that mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's yeah. ridiculous but i'm telling you folks are standing up for me and that's the piece that touches me but I, you know, I'm going to tell you something. I told some authorities, I said, let me tell you something. I'm scrappy. I'm from Baltimore. I said, right. somebody comes to me, they said, they said, you gave us the report. And I said, if they come over here, they don't know what they're going to get. And they said, I, I get it. I get it. I get it. Where are you from? <laughs> Real quick. Baltimore. Be more careful. That's right. We're talking to April D. Ryan, the White House correspondent for the Grio. Uh, for 2024, what are the three things that Black folks need to be aware of in um, politics? One, find an interest that impacts you the most and learn more about it. Don't take the thus thou arts, the wherefore thereases. Get somebody to break it down to you so you understand. The stakes are too damn high right now. Two, do not sit back because when you sit back and don't hold people accountable, you don't get anything. Be active, right? We have got to stop leaning on these politicians and start taking action ourselves we can't wait for people and those are the three things i think i think it all circles around and and lastly i don't care who you vote for but please dear god vote they have watered down gutted and ruined the 1965 voting rights act and there was a former judge in arkansas a black man who said with this what's happening with the voting rights act he said the politicians are now picking who can vote. Do not let this happen. Catch a full conversation with April Ryan on the podcast. Go to Mocha Podcast Network. We're at Cafe Mocha Radio. Announcing the Mocha Podcast Network, an innovative lifestyle podcast network featuring conversations from a black perspective. Curated with respected voices led by actresses and comedians Sherry Shepard and Kim Whitley. We're funny and we have a yes. point of view. We call that edumatainment. That's what we call it. Ed- is that what it is? Veteran TV journalist Rolanda Watts. Shocking the heck out of everybody. The legendary Unky Divas in Vogue. This topic is girl groups in the industry. To syndicated broadcast personalities, Lonnie Love and Dee Dee McGuire, as well as an array of experts and activists. Mocha Podcast Network, a lifestyle destination with authentic voices and perspectives designed to enrich and empower women of color with a unique listening experience. More than a destination, the Mocha Podcast Network is a full-service studio that offers an ongoing portfolio of production, distribution, marketing, guest booking, and most importantly, ad sales. With a unique revenue model for podcasters that includes customized promotional campaigns created specifically around podcaster and targeted audience, service social media promos and pushes, MPN brand advertising, targeted electronic newsletter, experienced sales representation, For advertisers, the Mocha Podcast Network is a safe marketplace to align their brands with trusted voices, organically engaging the highly in-demand female consumer and more. With quality over quantity, from concept to completion, now is the time for content creators and brands to join the innovative Mocha Podcast Network and experience unapologetic conversations with a new perspective.
It's Cafe Mocha. It's Cafe Mocha. Lonnie Love, Angelique, and my girl Yo-Yo. On the line, multi-Grammy, Dove, and Stella Award-winning singer, songwriter, author, radio personality. And you know, we just love when she comes to Cafe Mocha. It's our girl, Erica Campbell. Hey, Erica. Hey, ladies. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. You know what? You have a new album out called I Love You. And I just want to say thank you for that. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm so excited because people make love subject to what they've experienced. And love is this powerful entity in and of itself. Love is God. It's amazing. It's life-changing. It'll carry you. It'll cover you. And when you minimize it to your experience, you cheat yourself out of the beauty of all it can be and do in your life. So I just wanted to have a record that will give people a soundtrack to reconnecting to love and the power that it has. How do you feel like today, what's going on with this generation and, and love? Oh man, they've seen so many bad versions of it. They've seen, they've seen the worst of love so much. So till when they see something real and authentic, they question it first. And I think the more you reinforce the positive, the more you reinforce those people that are happily married, the people that do actually love their community and the family, the more you realize and experience that it changes your perspective and allows you to believe in it. Like people want to fall in love, but they don't want to fall. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They want to they want to go through the tough times to be able to say, oh, we overcame this. But they don't realize love is the vehicle allow you to get through it. They're so afraid of it. And I just think that people should open themselves up to the beauty of what love is and what love does. And so I kind of created this album based on what I've experienced and how faithful God has been in my life, my family, my kids, my marriage, um, my church, um, and and my relationship with my fans really has just Mm -hmm. been so good. It's so good, man. And I just can't wait to share this music because it really is an experience. This is not just an album you listen to. You, you you have to take a drive with this album. You have to consume this album. It will get in your soul, in your bones, and literally change the way you the way you think. I know that's a lot. Like, come on, girl, you're doing a lot with music. But I am. I'm doing a lot with music. That's my purpose. Is is the single blessed from this album? It is. It is. It is it, feel all right, blessed. I heard it on the radio, and I'm dancing and trying to sing along first time I'm hearing it. And I immediately (laughs) added it to the playlist because it was so (laughs) inspiring and such a good song. So I'm going to take it when I get the album, I'm going to take a long drive. Like you said. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. I think every, I mean, I know it's kind of a singles uh, era and, you know, this new generation is not used to buying music or consuming a whole album, but this is one that you kind of have to. And so me and my husband and my co-writers and everybody that's on the album wanted to make sure that we put everything that we could. So you can't not listen to it. It's like you have to listen to it. You know what I love the most is that you have been able to resonate and and rebuild your career where you don't, you're not locked in a box. I see you with your children. You, you really focus on family. A lot of times you don't see that on social media. I mean, the fact mm-hmm. that you share your children with us, your mother with us, I think that's so important. How important is it for you to involve your family in your work? First of all, I work so much. If I didn't involve them, <laughs> there would be a, a great disconnect. But I believe 
um, I was I was struggling with being gone with mommy guilt, and I was talking to uh, another gospel artist named Martha Munizzi, and she said, I believe God gives you the family that you need for the gift that you have. I'm seeing a different side of them, and I'm going, oh, I've planted seeds in their life. Now their seeds are growing. So my family is included because that's what my mom did with me. My mom made me get in the choir at 12. I, I wanted to be outside playing with my friends, but it developed my gift. So there's a scripture that says, train up a child in the way they should go. So even though we give our children more rights and liberties, sometimes they're, they're really not sure. And, and when you say they don't know what they're doing, that doesn't, that doesn't mean they don't have opinions and thoughts, but they haven't had certain experiences. So when you direct them in a way that their gifts are and their talents are, um, you allow them to walk into their purpose. You know, if you have a strong-willed child, or uh, an outspoken child, you don't know if they're going to be a politician, a lawyer, a speaker, a world changer. You're supposed to look at that in your child, identify it, and push them in the direction. So me bringing my family has been what my parents did to me um, and did for me. I was going with my father when he went to prisons to minister hope and life to people. And so I love that my music now speaks to people in the hood and, you know, dudes who may not be as churchy as, you know, they want to be, but they, they have this connection to God. So um, family is kind of like my superpower. And so I, I take it with me, but I pour that into my kids. I'm, I'm saying there's a lot of purpose in life when you live your life lifting other people. There's no way God's not going to take care of you. There's no way that God's not going to bless you when you're, selfless in that way. So I kind of can't help but bring my family along. It's Cafe Mocha on the line. Award-winning singer-songwriter Erica Campbell. Her new album is called I Love You. Now, Erica, your first two singles from the new album um, are positive and feel all right. They both went number one on the Billboard Gospel Airplay and media-based gospel charts. How does it feel when you have a project and you've been in this game for a while and you still hit number ones? <laughs> it never gets old. It never, never, it, it never, ever gets old. And I think when you uh, write from a place of joy and not from a place of fear, um, it allows you a certain freedom. I don't write or record hoping that people will like it, hoping that I'm still relevant. I think as long as I'm breathing, I know that everybody wants to feel loved, seen, heard. Everybody wants to experience victories, but everybody has also had valley moments and sad moments. And when you tap into regular old humanity, you know, nothing contrived. You know, I'm not coming out with no monkey on my shoulder and, oh, yeah, now I'm a monkey. Like, people just be doing stupid stuff. And I think I'm still here because I'm just trying to be authentically me. And that resonates with other women and men that are just trying to be themselves. And um, it just makes me so, so happy. Actually, Positive was my first solo number one, even though my music is, you know, done really well. And I'm grateful for it. These were my two first number ones in my first album in eight years. So I'm just expecting God to do what he always does. And that's blow my mind and bless the people at the same time. What's solo life like? I mean, because we're so used to you with Mary Mary. What's it been like being solo? The last eight years have been great, have been amazing. I'm learning more about myself. You know, when you grow up with a big family, nine siblings, you know, growing up with cousins, so 13 in the house, and a, a big church where my mom and dad were, you know, pastors and over the choir, there's always people and there's always something. And so appreciating solitude, hearing my own voice and enjoying it, not questioning it is what happens. You know, me and my sister, Tina's a bigger personality than me. And that's why people are always surprised when they go, oh, you got the radio show? I thought she was the talkative one. Um, 
learning the power in my individuality has been amazing. And it's, it's helped me to become an even better person and, you know, made me a better sister, wife, friend, mother, um, because you don't, you don't help anybody by shrinking. And I think when you grow up with a bunch of people around, whether it's family or not, you go, oh, well, maybe they won't hear me or, you know, or fighting for something you don't have to fight for because there's so many people. Either way, that both of those are imbalanced. Feeling confident in who you are and your say so in the in your circle of friends or whatever it is you're doing, it takes confidence and you can only find that within yourself. You know, and so I've I've found that during this time. It's been tough, you know, because I don't go many places without them also asking about Mary Mary, but I get it. It's Mary Mary's been around will be around well, this is year twenty three. Um we came out in two thousand one. So and I think it's important um, it's important to have that individuality. I mean, being on a, a I was on a talk show, you know, you've been on it mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. like everybody goes back to that. You know, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. It's over. It's over. And now I'm doing my own thing. So I just, yeah. you know, it's like, I hate going back. And it's like, well, tell us about, I'm like, I don't, you know, I want to. That's over. It's done. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing something new. I'm moving on. But Let me move on. That's what I love about uh, Erica's journey and the ability to watch her throughout her journey is because, you know, it, it it meets up with what she's saying, you know, her search for higher power through Christ Jesus and her journey to be more of a mother, a friend, a lover, uh, you know, and all of those things, they you know line what up. what I like about her, yo? She's unproblematic. You know what I mean? It's like... <laughs> she, she get it. You get it. When you get it, you got Christian, it. When we talk about yeah. Christian values, we talk about a godly woman. I think of you. I'm like I just I think uh-huh. of you, Erica. You know what I mean? And it's just like it's wow. just unproblematic. But you know how to speak your mind. But it it and it's like it's, it's you're just a, a wonderful a example. woman who's living in her truth. A woman who is living in her truth. I love it. Here's your dose of espresso. Strong, hot news now. This is The Espresso. I'm Angelique. Coming soon to Cafe Mocha, Tiffany the Budget Nista has financial tips for everyone. That's what happens when you're broke, broke. It's like you you are not meant to do it by yourself. Asking for help and then one foot in front of the other. What can you do? What skill set can you, can you scrap together? We'll spend Christmas with Latasha from Escape, who has a new solo Christmas album. All of them are very heartfelt. Um, I can't say I have a favorite, but I will say one that kind of sticks out to me, and it is called uh, Coming Home. A couple of my family members have been deployed, and I know with them going to be missing their families this holiday season. So writing songs that are reflective of that. Plus, Yo-Yo is part of the Kennedy Center Honors, where Queen Latifah will be honored. I always wanted to work with Queen. We got the opportunity to do I Want to Be Down with Brandy, MC Light, myself, which was the first time the industry literally allowed all females to work together before it just seemed like it just wasn't something that could happen. That's the espresso. Angelique along with Lonnie Love on the line, Erica Campbell of Mary Mary. Well, let's talk about these kids and, and your husband, Warren Campbell. Yes. How are you balancing the career and the family as this awesome multi-hyphenated career woman? Man, it's crazy, but it's wonderful. Um, my husband, the church, him producing, like I FaceTimed him this morning. He's on the way to the studio to work with a new artist. Krista, uh, he turns 19 
And um, I was like, do you want to fly home? Do you want to be with me? And she was like, well, I've got this and I've got that. I'm going to hang out with my friends, but I've got this coding class and I've got this. So I'm like, okay, live your life. And then my baby girl is dancing all over LA. She won uh, first place in the McDonald's Gospel Fest in her category dancing. My son, who's producing, everybody's doing really, really well. My kids went from homeschool to going to regular school, and I was terrified. I was like, oh, God, kids are mean. Oh, God, teachers are crazy. I got a black mm-hmm. son. Jesus. You know, I was just really, really nervous. And then I was like, hey, Erica, God took care of you. Why wouldn't he take care of your kids? And even if they go through something, they're going to learn a lesson. They're going to go through it. Everybody got to have a valley, even your children. So mm-hmm. I try to lean into my faith more than my fear. You're going to pick something to believe. You're going to either believe that things will be bad and you have to be afraid and you have to look out and people are always going to do something to you. Or you could believe that good things are going to come to me and I'm going to be okay. And I got angels watching over me and I'm walking in my purpose. I got to choose which one I believe. You're going to put your faith in something. So you got to pick it. And I'll pick knowing that God's going to take care of me and my family. Now, the same way he did when we was poor and didn't have no money and was on welfare in a two bedroom apartment. You know, and my parents going through what they were going through. And somehow I turned out how I am. And so if I'm going to be okay, if I was okay, then they'll be okay. So I just feel blessed. I affirm my kids. You know, I I tell them mommy's leaving and they say, but you're always coming back. And it's the most, it's the most, most encouraging, heartwarming thing that they don't feel thrown away by my career. Mm. They celebrate me. They support me, you know. Chris, they'll be like, mom, no, don't wear that. That's not cute. That's old. Don't do that. You know, my baby girl will be like, no, mom, move like this. They're just, they're a part of what I do <laughs> in, in every way. You know, sometimes they'll be like, mom, that's corny. I'll be like, wait, I'm first. What you mean? They'll be like, yeah, but mom, that's Truth. a little, we don't say that no more. You know, kids are crazy, but I love them. I wouldn't change it for nothing in the world. And we love you, Erica. Yes. So thank it you is so beautiful so- to live through you. Definitely. <laughs> oh, the new album is Cafe Mocha. The new album is called I Love You, um, released September 15th. We've been on the line with Erica Campbell. It's always good to have a conversation with you, sis. Thank you so much for stepping through. My absolute pleasure. Y'all encourage me every time. Thank you so much. Always willing to share. Yes, the I Love You album. Follow me on social media at I'm Erica Campbell. Ah, thank y'all so much. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Good talk. Okay. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs> bye-bye. We're closing in on Christmas. Hopefully you've got all your shopping done. Remember, you can find us on all platforms at Cafe Mocha Radio. And you can check out the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts by typing in Cafe Mocha Radio. Cafe Mocha is a production of Miles Ahead Broadcasting in partnership with Super Radio. Executive producer Sheila Eldridge. For comments, booking, or more information, visit CafeMochaRadio.com. Announcing the Mocha Podcast Network, an innovative lifestyle podcast network featuring conversations from a Black perspective. Curated with respected voices led by actresses and comedians Sherry Shepard and Kim Whitley. We're funny and we have a yes. point of view. We call that edumatainment. That's what we call it. Is that what it is? Veteran TV journalist Rolanda Watts. Shocking the heck out of everybody. The legendary Unky Divas in Vogue. This topic is girl groups in the industry. 
to syndicated broadcast personalities Lonnie Love and Dee Dee McGuire, as well as an array of experts and activists. Mocha Podcast Network, a lifestyle destination with authentic voices and perspectives designed to enrich and empower women of color with a unique listening experience. More than a destination, the Mocha Podcast Network is a full-service studio that offers an ongoing portfolio of production, distribution, marketing, guest booking, and most importantly, ad sales. With a unique revenue model for podcasters that includes customized promotional campaigns created specifically around podcaster and targeted audience, service social media promos and pushes, MPN brand advertising, targeted electronic newsletter, experienced sales representation. For advertisers, the Mocha Podcast Network is a safe marketplace to align their brands with trusted voices, organically engaging the highly in-demand female consumer and more. With quality over quantity, from concept to completion, now is the time for content creators and brands to join the innovative Mocha Podcast Network and experience unapologetic conversations with a new perspective. <laughs> 